Sick and tired of your love-hate relationship with wine? Welcome to the Feel It Alcohol-Free Podcast. Hi, I'm Coach Ruby Williams. And I'm Coach Susan Larkin. We're two former wine lovers turned alcohol freedom coaches exposing the lies about alcohol. And giving you, our listeners, the tools to break free so you can feel lit. And when you're lit, you'll feel healthier, freer, and more in control of your life. So relax, kick back, and get ready to feel lit alcohol-free. And don't forget, grab a copy of our wine-free weekend guide after the show. Hello, it's so great to be back with you guys. And uh, the question today is near and dear to my heart. Um, And I can really relate. So if I can't stop drinking on my own, does that mean I'm an alcoholic? It's such a good question because of that term. So yeah, what do you think, Susan? Oh, yes, this is a biggie for me, because that term alcoholic was something that was really keeping me stuck. Because I didn't want to be an an alcoholic. When I talk about, you know, I was worried that I had a problem and I didn't want to have a problem. That was the problem that I was worried I had. And and that's why I kept working so hard to get back to being a normal drinker. And that just kept me stuck for so, so long. And when I learned the science around how alcohol affects our brain and body, that just set me free. And so the truth is, is that the term alcoholic is not even a scientific term. It's alcohol use disorder. And honestly, in some communities or some, um, it's using the word alcoholic is sometimes considered offensive, actually. It's not a scientific term. It's so um, labeling to the person, whereas it's alcohol is an addictive substance. And so it's a substance problem, not a person problem. You know, we don't call ourselves tobacco-aholics or chocolate-aholics or caffeine-aholics or, you know, Mm -hmm. and so it's such a label and it's like about the person, that there's something wrong with the person. And that's what was keeping me really stuck. And so when I learned about the science, about, again, how alcohol affects your brain and body, that there's something called neuroplasticity, that you can change, your brain can change, that just gave me so much hope and learning that it was on a spectrum, it allowed me to to kind of place myself and say, okay, I'm here in this spectrum of a disorder or disordered drinking, and what am I going to do about it? Then I could take responsibility for it. When it was just this nebulous, there's something wrong with me, I have a problem, I'm I, you know, I have experience going to AA where I had to call myself an alcoholic in meetings and I would literally just like choke on it. Like I'm a, (laughs) I didn't, I did, it just wouldn't come out of my mouth because I didn't believe it either. I didn't believe I had a disease. I was, it was, it was, yeah, that is a loaded term. And if it's keeping you stuck, you can just swipe it away. Uh, because it's not, again, even a technical term for um, for alcohol use disorder. That's what it's called. So um, yeah, how about you, Ruby? Well, uh, similar. I was just nodding my head and saying, I, yeah, I totally relate. Um, for me, growing up and just like living in the world, it seems like there was just two, it was like black or white. You're either a normal drinker or you're an alcoholic. Like, and then you have some major problem. And 
I never felt like I had necessary. Well, until the very end, like major, major problem. I was still working and functioning, and um, so I, I, you know, it's that it's that term. I didn't want to have to say that. I also went to AA, like you said, and it was. I just, I just, it was so hard for me. Hi, I'm Ruby. I'm an alcoholic, and it just didn't feel right. Um, right. I knew deep in my heart that it was not this, like the, the book, the big book was not like scientifically proven. It was more real. It felt more religious and like, I don't know. I really, really resonate with the science. Like when I hear about the science mm -hmm. and how it affects the brain and the body, it just felt more <laughs> like accessible for me. Mm -hmm. And it, yeah. So, um, in fact, I would love to talk about, you know, dopamine. I mean, think, think dopamine was one of this really, like, if you haven't talked about do dopamine yet, so dopamine, it's a neurotransmitter and neuro is the brain and a transmitter is like how it's moved in the brain. Like the information is, is moving around your brain mm -hmm. and alcohol, it creates like this huge artificial high in dopamine. And if we go back mm -hmm. to say, mm, like caveman days, <laughs> let's just our basic brain function, dopamine actually is a survival um, neurotransmitter. We need it. So in the example I love is like, say you're looking for raspberries because that's something you, you like, you know, back in caveman days, it was sweet and delicious. And you would, your dopamine would, would naturally spike for those things that you need for survival. So your brain is working the way it should, meaning when, but art, uh, alcohol is so much artificially higher levels. Um, yeah. So think about like video games or shopping or sugar. Uh, all of these things are raising your dopamine up and uh, artificially and but your brain is, I guess what I want to know is your brain is normal. Your brain is doing the right thing. It's not your fault. Yes. If you start to yes. drink more alcohol, it's because it starts to almost equate it with survival. You need alcohol to drink. At least that's where I got to. And so, yes, like what you were saying before, it's really important to not blame yourself. And that's what the alcoholic label does. It's like blaming you. Um, but it's really, like you said, it's a, a substance, alcohol use disorder spectrum. Yeah. So Yes. Yeah. Well, what I loved is when I learned about the dopamine, all this was new to me and all this idea of like, then also our brain likes to um, conserve energy. So it wants to do the same things over and over again. And so if, if, so the dopamine hits your artificial pleasure center, but the dopamine actual chemical is the learning chemical. So your brain learns, oh, this is good. So like in raspberries, it learns, oh, this is good. They taste good and they help me stay alive because we need food. But then the dopamine is so artificially high, as you mentioned, in alcohol, but especially when we use it to cope as a coping mechanism. Yeah. If you're upset about something and it kind of numbs or dulls those feelings, then our brain is like, it gets the dopamine hit and it goes, oh, anytime we're upset, we drink. And so that's when we talked about all the jobs that you've given alcohol. So right. every time you give alcohol a job, you get that dopamine hit and then your brain relates 
that thing, that job that you gave alcohol to needing alcohol for that job. It's mm -hmm. that's what we've taught it. Like when I learned that, I'm like, oh, I taught my brain this in um, I didn't mean to, but my brain learned this and then learning about neuroplasticity that our brains can change. I'm like, well, then my brain can unlearn this behavior. And that just right. gave me so much hope because I'm like, okay, yes. So it's like we have these, I used to use this um, like, you know, um, hand gesture I, <laughs> where it's like, I have these old grooves that I've created on all these jobs that I've given, given alcohol and I'm going to do new things to create new grooves, sort of like an old road that's like a rut. And so, you know, when you feel yourself like, I know I felt this way and I, I hear clients talk about it all the time. It's like, I just all of a sudden automatically there's a bottle in my hand and I'm pouring a glass and I'm drinking it. It's just like, I, it's like I get on this moving, like I get into this, like when you're driving and your car goes into it, like a rut on a muddy road and then you're just in that groove. Or you could also liken it to like an Audubon where it's a, such a smooth highway, like you've smoothed this highway and you can go 100 miles per hour really easily. But then the new neural pathways, all of the new habits you're creating is like this old bumpy road. And so it's kind of awkward and bumpy and you can't go really fast. But as we continue to go down the new the new behavior that we want to practice, we're creating new neural pathways and that's going to be our new highway as long as we continue to grow that and we weaken the other. And that's, I like, I love that visual for me. It made mm -hmm. me, it helped me with my decision-making because I would think, oh, which neural pathway do I want to feed? Do I want to feed and strengthen the old one or do I want to feed and strengthen the new one with new behaviors, new thoughts? Mm -hmm. Um, trying out, experimenting, you know, um, and and not drinking because drinking always reinforces the old the old exactly. neural pathways, and I wanted to weaken those, and so it gave me kind of just a something I could hold on to and grab onto instead of just this sort of there's something wrong with me, and now I can never drink again. It was sort yeah. of like no, no, I don't want to drink, and I know there's a way, and there's hope that I can start to strengthen these new neural pathways and come become completely free from that old rut and that old highway. So for me, it was huge. It was a huge, huge game changer learning the science. I loved it so much. <laughs> and I just couldn't get enough of it. I was just like reading everything I could get my hands on. Yeah. And, and the brain, the brain is not set in stone, you guys. The brain yeah. changes, it grows, it morphs these pathways. Um, you you weaken the the old pathways and you strengthen new ones. And your brain, yeah. there is so much hope that your body can heal, your brain can heal and change, and your emotions can heal. And you know the the journey through this though is um i i call it like you go from asleep to aware to awake to alive so the four a's and um so i think if i think of like a butterfly and how a butterfly you know is in a cocoon and just asleep and then you're aware and uh it, it's like it gets start you, when you get aware, you start to notice maybe I do have a problem. You're starting to ask yourself some questions like, do I feel better when I'm drinking? You know, am I living up to my full potential? These kinds of questions. Mm -hmm. And and then when you're awake to the actual like I want to I want to change, it can feel awkward. Like you were mentioning before, there's there is some discomfort 
in making a change. And I liken it to a butterfly walking, right? Like a butterfly, when it first comes out, it has to walk and it's uncomfortable and it's awkward and it looks funny (laughs) at first. And then it flies though. And that's the like alive part. You know, the living alive, making alcohol small and irrelevant, living that life that you don't want to escape from anymore. So, yeah. yeah. And I so wanted that. That was really where what I wanted, the alive. I think I mentioned that before, but that just, that never uh, just makes my heart feel good. Like that's what I wanted. And that's what I got from alcohol-free living. And that's why I'm I'm here on this podcast. That's why I'm a coach is because I want that for people. So yeah, when you're aware, yeah, aware sucks. Aware, I wasn't aware for a really long time. And then you get to awake where it's tricky because you have a a few skills, you're trying out, you're experimenting these new skills and, but you're not really skilled at it yet. And those neural pathways haven't changed. You're in the process. I call it the messy middle. You're in the messy middle of the process. And what I think happens to is, if if you have a what we call a data point, if you do drink, you know, because it's just it's still a process, right? You still it's not perfected yet, and um, like you said, that's it's a it's a little butterfly that's you know walking awkwardly, you know, not flying yet, you know, so you're not flying yet, and that's okay. You want to continue the work to keep strengthening the new neural pathways and the shame and blame that at least I encountered if you drank in AA. And I don't mean to bash AA because I know it's really helpful for some people, but just that, that idea of, I couldn't, that idea of failure, right? It just made my shame and blame even worse and made me not want to even keep trying. I just wanted to give up, you know, and, um, and when you have a different perspective of, oh, this is a process, I'm strengthening this one, I'm weakening this one, but it's not quite done yet, then it's just sort of like, no, pick yourself up and keep moving forward. Keep walking on your little wobbly legs like a little wobbly butterfly, right? Right. <laughs> You're going to get to fly eventually. <laughs> and it really does help to have a coach by your side and a community and support because... um Connection is so important, right, Susan? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, they say the opposite of addiction is connection. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even like really using the word addiction, but but again, it's just a word. And if you use it in the term of like, oh, I'm addicted to caffeine, I have to have coffee every morning, that's fine. But the minute you were use the word addiction and alcohol, it's like, ooh, you know what I mean? It's like the A word, you know what I mean? And um, I had a client who, who was telling me this story, which I thought was amazing because she's making really good progress and she was running. She's running has been a really great outlet for her. And she was running and she said, she just had this vision of her ripping the A word off the front of her. Mm. Like it was on her, like the scarlet letter, ripping it off and throwing it away and just like, yeah. And I thought that was just an amazing, um, an amazing visual for her of like continuing to, to get free. Right. And even being mm-hmm. free of the stigma and of the word alcoholic or the stigma of, from the word addiction around alcohol. Um, but connection, 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 needing help. This is not easy. It's an addictive substance. It's not mm-hmm. easy. 
having support and having like-minded people, people who, you know, relate to your story, people who have information that they can share, like these, you know, the information we're sharing in our podcast, um, getting a coach, like you mentioned, Ruby. And we also are us. We have a little community on Facebook called the Feel Lit Podcast group. It's a, um, it's a group that you could join where you can ask us questions and be around other like-minded people who are also on an alcohol-free journey. Yeah. We'd love for you to join there. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I would love for you to join our uh, Facebook group. That would be so fun. Um, Exactly. And just, it's free and just join. Well, we always end our, um, podcast with a question. So I'm going to ask Susan this question today. So Susan, what are you doing to feel lit? Well, uh, what I thought I would share today is, um, well, just is a basic in, you know, uh, our nutrition, which is just hydration, but I have a story about it. So I learned about hyperhydration, which is, um, which is a way to deal with anxiety or anxiousness or even drinking urges because uh-huh. I love the story behind this because like if you were like, say, you know, when our mind gets anxious, it falls into this survival mode and, you know, it's like you're being chased by a saber tooth tiger. So if you were being chased by a saber tooth tiger, if you stopped to drink some water, you would get eaten, right? So you wouldn't stop. So stopping, pausing to drink water is a way to trick your brain or to show your brain you're not in danger if you're in this sort of fight or flight mode. And um, I have a really funny story or not funny, but so this was, oh, at least it, close to a year in my alcohol-free journey. I'd been alcohol-free that whole time. We were on our way to a concert. It was Elton John in Brooklyn. Mm. And we were also packing for a trip. I can't remember where we were going. Um, But anyway, we were going, so we were going to fly out of New York. So we were packing and just a lot of, I think it was the first trip too after COVID. And so there was just a lot of old stuff that comes up. Like I always get anxious when I'm traveling. I get anxious when I'm packing. Um, and so by the time we got into the car and then we were running late and then we hit traffic and I just like, my anxiety was like through the roof. I was just in bad shape and I was grumpy and anxious. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this thing. I'm just going to, we had tons of water in the car and I'm like, I'm just going to like, we stopped at a rest stop for some reason. My husband went in and I just, I'm like, I'm going to pound this water. I'm just going to drink it as fast as, so that's, that's the technique. Just drink this water as fast as you can. And afterwards I was like, I do feel better. Oh my gosh. Just like that hyperhydration, hydrate your brain. And and it kicks you out of that fight or flight of this, the anxiousness. And, um, so I was like, wow, this thing does work. Cause at first I was like, oh, that's weird. You know, um, hyperhydration. Okay. You know, but, um, it did work. And so yeah. I have used it. I'm super tired or anxious about something at work. I will just suck down a whole bunch of water and, um, it's as long as you have water available to you. I mean, uh, breathing is also another good way to deal with an- anxiety, yeah. but I love the hydration, this hyperhydration and just staying hydrated in general. Like, I mean, alcohol is such dehydrating, um, substance Mm -hmm. that just like getting more hydration into your body in early, um, 
days of becoming yeah. alcohol free or just in your life in general. Like now my body just wants hydration. I can totally feel when like I haven't drank enough water. Yeah. So, so I have I a have story too. Um, I, okay. when I felt very kind of sad or like I was feeling really low, I thought of that too, mm-hmm. where it's, it's like taking a full glass of water, like eight or 12 ounces and downing it all at once. It's not the mm-hmm. sipping a little bit all day long. It's all at no. once. You have one big full glass of water and it's true. It Pound just it. changed. It, I, I, I felt I didn't, I was like literally in tears, but I tried this and it works. So I'd love for you yeah, all to try it. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so easy and available. Like I think some of these, these things that can help, um, when we, you know, when we are hijacked, I always use the word, I like to use the word hijacked versus triggered. Um, and it's not that you can't have your feelings of being sad, but if you feel like it's starting to take over and then you start to have the urge to drink or you start having thoughts about drinking, like you want to click out of that because you're in like the survival mode and your little voice is starting to go, oh, you know, it would help you feel better. <laughs> you know, it would help relax you, your trusty old tool over here, <laughs> you know? And so having a, a different tool yeah, to use is key, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Switches. Yeah, you know, we're going to be sharing like, lots of different tools right there. too. Yeah. Yes. So this is a really good tool. Keep your keep some water bottles handy, or you know, just grab a like. It, but like Ruby said, you got to chug it. So sometimes then I even crack myself up because I'm like chug, 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 chug. <laughs> when I'm drinking my water, chug, chug, chug. Like how fast can I down this this water? And it's like pouring out of my mouth. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> Uh, and that helps too. Just laughing is good. Is it good? It uh, is good. Oh, this is so fun to do this good. podcast right. with you, Coach Susan. Yay. I know. <laughs> I love every Having single so time we sit down together and share things that really helped us because I hung on every word of so many podcasts, so many books, so many of the coaches that, um, that I had in my life, um, you know, anybody who'd gone before me, I'm like, what did you do? You know, I wanted all the information and, you know, but the trick is also is that not everything's going to work for you that worked for us, but it's just to keep trying and experimenting with things too. I used yeah. to beat myself up. I mean, I'm just, I still work on beating myself up to be honest with you. I am really still working on it, but I used to beat myself up if I tried something and it didn't work or didn't work. And I just was like, meh or something. Um, and then I would think there's something wrong with me. That's my initial reaction is there's something wrong with me. (laughs) So, um, so I just want to say that because if you're like me, a perfectionist, or, you know, you're just hanging on everything, it's like, you have to experiment and make it your own. That is the thing. Like, try this, try that, and then make your own make your own toolbox of the things that work for you. And I mean, I would love to keep sharing these ideas in our Facebook group. So, and there's a lot of, some of our friends that are alcohol free are in there. And so you're going to get not only our perspective, but just a great gang of us that all are living this alcohol free lifestyle who are lit and excited about being lit and everybody can share, you can share your ideas you know, listeners can share their ideas and we can bring them on the podcast. So that's another great place um, to share. So we will put the um, link in the show notes. So you can just click and join if you're join our feel it Facebook community. 
Yeah. All right. And tell us how Woo-hoo. you feel lit. Yay. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. All right. See you Yay, next time. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to Feel It Alcohol-Free Podcast. Do you have a question you'd like us to answer on the show? All you need to do is head over to Apple Podcasts and do two simple things. Leave a rating and review telling us what you think of the show. And in that review, ask us any questions you have about breaking free from wine or living an alcohol-free lifestyle. That's it. Then tune in to hear your question answered live. Don't forget to grab your copy of A Wine-Free Weekend at www.feelitpodcasts.com. And remember, do something today that will help you feel lit. See you next time.